0: The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there the time came for her to deliver her child And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace amongst those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste as it had been told them for the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ
1: in the name of god father son and holy spirit amen please be seated In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. It's impossible to ignore that we're living in a, at a time when decrees have gone out all around the world that we should be registered too. And while these decrees or policies are intended to ensure our safety and well being, They are changing the way that we do life. There's a sense that we feel blindsided by this pandemic and its consequences. We didn't see it coming, and we can't see it finishing yet. Our world is much bigger than the world referred to by Luke in tonight's reading. Bigger and more connected, thanks to technology yet arguably also more disconnected due to the disruption of cultural, social and emotional, political and spiritual changes that we are observing. We perceive the risks and threats of the pandemic in uniquely individual ways. We don't all see this in the same way. We see and interpret the world through the particular lens of our culture, our profession, our age demographic, and perhaps our religious beliefs. Like Joseph, many people are trying to make their way home to be with family, perhaps even as I speak. And yet, unlike Joseph, are prevented from doing so. While we can screen time with friends and family we still can't easily board planes and cross borders to be reunited in person. And so, all around the world, a generation of babies is being born and young children are becoming older children who this Christmas are separated from grandparents and other extended family. So whichever side of this equation we are on, we feel the pain of separation last Christmas perhaps felt like an unfortunate aberration, but this Christmas feels eerily precarious, full of uncertainty and disruption. So, of what relevance is this 2,000-year-old Middle Eastern story for 21st century people like us who are trying to make sense of our world's confusion and rediscover normal? We could say that, for the last 70 years or so, Australian normal has meant the predictability of summer cricket, summer tennis, family holidays, family reunions, and Christmas spent in familiar ways. But we're observing that traditional family patterns are giving way to more simple, flexible gatherings that are brought about by the decrees of the pandemic, along with changing patterns in family, life, work life, the availability and affordability of travel, and a far more individualistic approach to life than in previous generations. So again, I ask, of what relevance is this 2,000-year-old story for us? A story based on the message of an angel to some shepherds, one starry night in the Judean hills. In conversations with people in our community recently, many concerns have been raised, but one in particular that's captured my attention is the frequency that people make comments like, my children were brought up in the church, but they no longer believe. Which leads me to ask, well, I wonder what kind of children... uh, I wonder what kind of God your children no longer believe in because quite possibly you and I don't believe in the God they don't believe in either. There are some pretty distorted views and ideas about who God is out there. We also have to be honest and own that the church hasn't always been entirely trustworthy with the message of God's love and redemption that is at the heart of Christian faith. We can't blame people for being disappointed and disenfranchised with the church. Christians haven't always lived in ways that bring honour to the name of Jesus Christ. So how might we do a better job of being trustworthy messengers of the good news? Another question that I have is, I wonder whether the problem is that younger generations of people don't believe. I wonder whether that's really the problem, because you see, we all believe something. That's what humans do. We are meaning makers who form beliefs. And in recent centuries, we've become accustomed to believing what's rational, scientifically provable, socially acceptable. In his awe-inspiring series, Universe, physicist Brian Cox brings incredible understanding about the Milky Way and beyond to the, reach, to the outer reaches of the universe and even beyond that. He implies, though, that the workings of the universe are the focus of his belief and worship and meaning-making that the credibility of science supersedes the notion of a relational or personal creator. Well, as it happens, the manuscripts of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, are among a handful of the most reliable and valuable first century primary sources that historians have to work with. And along with the writings of secular Jews and others, these manuscripts provide more evidence for the life, ministry and death of Jesus Christ than of many other ancient figures, including Julius Caesar. So while my purpose tonight is certainly not to convince or persuade you about what to believe, I am asking that you don't dismiss the gospel story for lack of credibility. Tonight, though, I hope to offer you some soul food... And meaning in a time of uncertainty, disruption, and even fear. I invite you to listen and to hear the voice of angels who come with the message that Christians hold to be at the centre of everything. A message not in the form of a dictatorial decree, rather, as life giving words of assurance. Good news of great joy for all the people, all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. Do not be afraid. Okay, angels. How can intelligent people believe something that an angel has said? But what if angels are not make-believe fantastical beings? What if messages, what if they're messengers who come in various guises? I've heard many people who wouldn't call themselves religious speak about encountering angels, and they find this helpful and meaningful as they wrestle with the mystery of spiritual things. One Wednesday morning Eucharist a few months ago on the Feast of Michael and All Angels, I asked people to write on a post-it note a couple of words that described an angel for them or their experience of an angel. Now, these people come from a wide range of backgrounds and I'll just add that there are some academics amongst them. And this is how they described angels. Messenger. God's presence, a comforting presence, Holy Spirit, wisdom. How would you describe an angel if you had a post-it note and a pen right now, or your experience of angels? More importantly, though, how might you respond to the angel's message tonight Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. A Saviour is born, the Messiah, the Lord. We're all invited to journey alongside those faithful, ordinary, everyday people, those shepherds to whom the angel chose to share this amazing good news, to find the Christ and then to worship. This is not a journey where we need to declare a negative test or download a certificate. This is a journey to the place of the heart, to the centre of our being, where we encounter God who is born among us and is with us, who gives meaning to life amidst all its messiness. Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah or anointed one, has been born. Luke gives us Jesus' job description in chapter 4. To bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. As Christ is born, what then might be born in our lives? In these uncertain times, Jesus Christ brings hope. In our highly anxious and divided culture, Jesus Christ brings peace. To our hearts that are burdened by grief and sadness and disappointment and fear, Jesus Christ brings joy. And to our 21st century world where gentleness, kindness, loyalty and caring seem very scarce at times. Jesus Christ brings love. The cross is the symbol of this never ending, never giving up love that is stronger than everything, even stronger than death. Now I'm mindful tonight of people who are doing it extra tough. People whose lives are layered with the challenges, with challenges that us can barely imagine. This good news of great joy is not limited by the constraints of prisons or hospital walls or financial limitations or politically imposed sanctions. This invitation to the place where Christ is born is only the beginning of our journey. Christ calls us to live lives that make God's peace and hope And joy and love become realities in our world today. In the words of O Holy Knight, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. This is the good news. How will it become good news for you this Christmas? Amen.